Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, DeMarcus Heller. Say what? Yo, what's going on, Doc? Back Mm. at it again, man. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Back at it again. Mm. Well, you know, I was hoping we could do uh, a radio three-way with Dave, but... Ah. He, once again, now he was busy. You were busy last week. He was busy this week. I can't get all three of us together, man. I don't know what... Ah, Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's all right. It's all right. Because Dave, Dave we got to make something happen, man. I'm, I'm waiting to meet you. Like, yeah. At least so true. Yeah. At least have a show with you. Like, exactly. We got we to gotta get this going, Dave. We got to feel the vibe. That's right. We gotta, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you, you, obviously, no one outside of me listens to the show. Nope. But back in the day, Demarcus, <laughs> we had a great right. three-way going of me, Justin, and and day so true and you know uh, justin he got too big for the show he had to leave the show it was sad oh, but you know dang. he's just too famous and whatnot i mean he was the yeah, filipino yeah. virgin bat and we could uh, we could fill that void now with the marcus heller it would be there we go. an amazing recreation of the of the radio three-way but we'll have to save it for next week we'll have to save it but <laughs> Don't worry, Demarcus, because today it's a pretty big day. You know what today is? What's today, Doc? Saint Patrick's Day. Yes. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, a day that most people remember as kids for that annoying right. kid that would pinch you whenever you didn't wear green, and you're like, Jesus, I get it. I don't have green on you, turd. <laughs> And for adults, a day that everybody remembers as the day you better wear green or the annoying drunk guy will pinch you at the parade Uh. every time he sees you. Yes, yes, (laughs) St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Let's talk about the celebration of St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Seeing as how our show has fallen on the celebration of St. Patrick's Day, I thought what better way... Mm -hmm to celebrate than do a little bit of something you haven't got the uh fun you haven't been in in this great situation yet of celebrating a hot takes of history demarcus that's right Mm. we're getting ready to do a hot takes of history hit the sound bit hot takes of history yes (laughs) yes demarcus this is where i I'm but, all for it, Doc. Well, this is where we focus on one one section, which today, obviously, St. Patrick's Day, and I give you mm-hmm. hot takes from history okay. about this topic. That's right. That's what we do. All right. Here we go. HTH. Hot, hot, hot takes of history. Here we go. St. Patrick's Day was originally a feast day mm. to celebrate the patron saint of Ireland, St. Patrick. But he was actually born in Britain. Huh? Yeah. 
and he was captured as a slave and forced to herd sheep in Ireland for like seven years. Then he made his way back to Britain, but then when he got back to Britain, he decided, you know what? I need to go to Ireland and convert the Irish population to Christianity. So that's what he did. And he went back and he told all kinds of Irish people about Christianity. He died 1,560 years ago on March 17th, 461. There you go. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So so think about that. I, I always think about it. This was originally a religious holiday to commemorate the death of a religious leader. And us Americans were like, you know what the celebration needs? Some party beads and booze. Uh, That's what this needs. I was about to say. Let's get it. <laughs> we celebrate the real way. Yeah, America. <laughs> America! You know. H- American way. H-T-H. Hot, hot takes of history. Uh, like, <laughs> like many things that filled that are filled with debauchery, Demarcus, and a little slightly mm-hmm. embarrassing, we actually have credit for the first St. Patrick's Day parade in Florida. That's right. That's Ooh. right. Yes. Apparently, all the way back in 1601, on March 17th, the Spanish colony at St. Augustine, Florida, had a parade under the direction of their Irish vicar who had made St. Patrick the patron saint of their corn crop. Word. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So apparently they were like, hey, you know what? If we uh, celebrate this dude, we'll get more corn. So <laughs> we better party on his birthday so we can get some more or his, or his death day so we can get some more corn. That's what we'll do. It's so a, it was it's all about the corn, man. It was a little bit different reasons than the other St. Patrick's Day parades. But there you go. We still had the first one. Florida. Right. Take, hey, yeah. Take that, America. Take that. H.T.H. <laughs> of history. Um, DeMarcus, apparently, that annoying kid in school that I was just talking about, he had it wrong. Right. Because green wasn't the original color of St. Patrick's Day. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The original color was light blue. Yeah. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Light blue. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a Carolina blue, if you will, you know? Uh, Hmm. It wasn't until the Irish Rebellion of the late 18th century that green became the color of Irish Rebellion and Independence. That's a fact. And ever since then, they just associated it with that green with St. Patrick's Day since it's about Ireland. So there you go. There it is. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So now... You know, if somebody comes up to you and pinches you when uh, when you're not mm-hmm. wearing green, punch them in the face and be like, I should be wearing blue. What? You're wrong. Yeah. You know, that's what you can do. I'm going to keep that in mind. Doc. It's history. Read a book, you ignorant turd. You know, that's what you can do. <laughs> Anyways, HTH. Hot takes of history. Uh, one of the major <laughs> things, Demarcus, that St. Patrick's is always associated with while he was spreading Christianity, riding around the Irish country, was getting rid of all the snakes in Ireland. Hmm. Yeah. So. What the heck? Yeah. 
Yeah, apparently that was a big thing. Like, in Ireland, they're like, we can thank St. Patrick because he got rid of all the snakes in our country, which is true. There were no snakes in Ireland. But the funny thing is, uh, pretty much all scientists agree, there never were any snakes in Ireland. It's like too cold and not inhabitable for snakes. So, like, none ever lived, which it makes me think... Like, just back, go back to St. Patrick's time, and St. Patrick's, like, talking to a dude, and the, and he's like, yeah, yeah, like, seriously, you should think about converting to Christianity. It's pretty cool. And the guy's like, wait, wait a second. I've noticed that there aren't any snakes around Ireland. <laughs> Did Christianity do that? And St. Patrick's like, yeah, sure. Sure, that sounds good. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, you're never going to believe it. This dude got rid of all the snakes. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks. You can thank Christianity <laughs> for that, everybody. That was Christianity right there. Right. H-T-H. Hot Takes of History. Um, Obviously, DeMarcus, we see three-leaf clovers all over the place right, for St. Right. Patrick's Day. Now... A lot mm-hmm. of folks love to say that the reason you see these shamrocks is because St. Patrick used the shamrock to explain the Holy Trinity, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, so he'd explain, uh, Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, here you go, here's the shamrock. Um, but, mm-hmm. sort of like the snakes, there's no evidence that this actually happened ever. Like, it's much more likely that somebody came along and was like, hey, you know what? We like shamrocks in Ireland. How about we just throw this along with this St. Patrick's guy, right? Which which makes me think yeah. in a couple of years you're going to hear people say, yeah, yeah, that's why we drink Guinness, because St. Patrick used to explain the story <laughs> of Jesus turning water into wine. Yeah, he just used Guinness instead of right. wine. Yeah, mm-hmm, he liked Guinness. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, HTH. Okay, St. Patrick, this is our last one here, our last hot take of history. St. Patrick wasn't even St. Patrick's birth name. Wait, what? Yeah. His act, his <laughs> actual name was Maywin. Maywin. Oh, wow. Yeah, weird one. Weird one. I don't, I don't know how popular yeah. that was in, in Britain back in the 5th century. I don't know. I wasn't around. Um, but... Once he got super religious, he changed his name to Patrick when he became an ordained priest, you know, mm. which which like, yeah, you know, I started thinking about it. It makes sense because when the world celebrates Snoop Dogg Day 300 years from now, they're going that, you know, right. they're going to celebrate Snoop Dogg Day. They're not going to celebrate Calvin Broadus Day. That just be weird. So <laughs> makes sense. It makes sense. Can't right. wait for Snoop Dogg right. Day. I'm guessing it's going to be 420. <laughs> hi uh, <laughs> All right. Did those HTHs send a tingling sensation to your nether regions or what, Demarcus? Huh? Man, they are all stimulated. Woo! Doc. Woo! Are you ready to fire <laughs> up this show? Man, let's fire it on up, Doc. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. Oh gosh, man, Demarcus, I am super excited. We got a fantastic show. We've got the one, the only Brandon Hardesty from the Bumpin' Uglies. These guys, Woo. these guys are huge. They're huge in the reggae scene. They've got a song out mm-hmm. with our friends and former guests of the show, the uh, Tropidelic. Um, Nice. Just, just tearing things up. I can't wait to talk to Brandon. He's a super nice guy. It's going to be fun times. going to be fun times. But first, we need to start where we start. 
birthday suit. Right. Okay. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay. Now this one, hmm, hmm. Don't know here. We've I I I gave it ninety percent, but I feel like that's a little bit high. I feel like that's a little <laughs> bit high. He's in basketball. And he is pretty well known, okay. but he can be overlooked. I feel like so. We'll see. Ah. Um, he's he's not he's not yet retired, but he seems like he may be retired. Mm. So here we go. Ah. Uh, born on March seventeenth, nineteen eighty one, in Paramount, California. Our birthday suit wearer was the oldest of four children. His parents both played basketball at Central College in Pella, Iowa. In 1993, he moved back to that town in Iowa and went to Pella High School. He went. He and his three brothers are in still in the top ten scores to ever play at Pella High School. All four, all four of them are. Jeez. Um, after high school, our birthday suit wearer went to Creighton, where he was all Missouri Conference for three years. And he was the player of the year in the Missouri Conference 2002 and 2003. In 2003 draft, he was selected 51st overall by the New Jersey Nets. But he was immediately sold to the 76ers for $125,000. Now, word has it that that $125,000 was for the Nets' summer league cost and to cover buying a new copy machine, which became a rallying cry for our birthday suit wearer for the rest of his career that he started out his career mm-hmm. being traded for a copying machine. Girl, come on. So, he played five seasons with the Philadelphia uh, 76ers and then was traded to Utah, where he played three seasons. In his third season with Utah, he hit a NBA record, which is still the NBA record, for three-point percentage. He ended the season with 53.6%. Say what? Which was higher, 4% higher, than his field goal percentage. Hmm. He had a better chance of hitting a three-point than a regular shot. That's, that's weird. Um, <laughs> he went on to play for the Bulls for two seasons. Then he really hit his stride with the Hawks. He played five seasons with the Hawks. With 2015, <laughs> he became an all-star for the first time. That's right. He then played <laughs> for Cleveland Cavaliers for three seasons. He then went back to Utah for one and then back to the Bucks for one season. He didn't sign with any team this year, but he also hasn't announced retirement. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Hmm. He said he played with uh, Cleveland, right? Cleveland, yep. White guy that shoots a lot of threes. That gotta be Kyle. Yeah. What's the last name? Kyle K, man. Kyle Kyle Corver. Kyle Corver is correct. Yes, there it is. Kyle Corver turns the big 4-0, man. 4-0. Yeah. Doc, the boy can shoot. He, I mean. The boy can shoot. 53.6%. That's not bad. You know, that's that's not bad at all. That considering they've had the three point shot for like forty years now in the NBA, and he has the record for the highest percentage, I would say that qualifies him as a guy that can shoot. That's a fact. You know, 
Oh, oh, absolutely. That would that would that would be my quality. Although you know, I mean, I don't know if you did you see did you see Steph in the three point com, uh, competition? Woo! Hmm. Woo! Uh, no, I didn't get to see it, man. Man, him him and him and him and Dame Dollar were turning that and just the normal game into a let's shoot from half court and just drain them. They're literally walking across half court and just <laughs> standing up, jumping, just hitting those threes. Insane. I would say Kyle sort of stands as like the, you know, the traditional, I'm going to spot up and nail these threes kind of three-point shooter, you know? Ah. But. You know, a lot of people are are talking about like um, they're, they're just upset how in the NBA a lot of guys are just shooting threes now. Like yeah. no one is really driving to the mm-hmm. hole like they used to. But mm-hmm. yeah. it's like. It, yeah. it comes, man. If you can shoot, if you can shoot that good at threes, you're gonna change the game. Let it fly. And they've 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 changed exactly. the game that way, man. It's a, it's a different game. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, deal with it. You know, Wait, what? Deal with it. <laughs> and it, don't don't take it out on me though, Shaq. You're large and frightening, so don't don't do that. Yeah. I you would smash me into a small fine powder. So true. Anyways, <laughs> Kyle Corver turning the big four zero. Happy birthday, Shout out Kyle. to Brother Cal. Yeah. Uh, DeMarcus, you ready? Rip some headlines? Man, let's rip those headlines. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mm, we got some good ones. I, I'm excited about a lot of these today. Uh, a lot of them made me chuckle while I was looking these stories up. They're pretty good. So true. Um, DeMarcus, have you heard of deep fakes? Hmm. Wait, wait, what? Deep fakes. Deep fake videos. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Deep fake mm-hmm, videos, mm-hmm. yeah. Where, where they, they merge the multimedia together to make it look like somebody else, right? They actually recently right, on a right. 30 for 30, they did that on the Al Davis 30 for 30. Because Al Davis, you know, has been dead for like uh, several years. That's a fact. So they, they yeah. interviewed a guy with deep fake to make it look like Al Davis. And I mean, it sounds like Al Davis and it seems like Al Davis, but it's not because nope. he's been dead. That's a fact. So, right. uh, yeah, it's interesting, but like, you know, a lot of people have been concerned about these deep fakes, especially like politics and things like that. The people making videos that, are, uh, of people, not really them doing stuff. Right. Uh, right. right. I'm not sure if anybody thought of using deep fakes, the way they were used in this next story. Mm. It's weird. Mm. So, a uh, 50-year-old lady in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, she has a daughter that's on the cheerleading team in high school. And apparently, Mm. this lady started getting worried that her daughter's rivals, quote-unquote rivals on the cheerleading team, were going to out-compete her daughter. Mm. So... This lady decided she was going to do something about it. She made deep fakes of three girls in particular on the team of them drinking, smoking, and with illicit nudity and started sending them to coaches and parents to try and get the girls kicked off the cheerleading team. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So, of course, uh, these folks that were in the pictures, like, or that got the pictures, went to the girls, and the girls were like, yeah, that's not me. Nope. And, you know, so <laughs> so then the, then, then the coaches and the parents went to the police 
And eventually the police trace these texts and emails back to this 50-year-old mom. That's a fact. Um, even more interesting is apparently the daughter had no idea her mom was doing this. Hmm. Mm. No idea. Now, first of all, the first thing I got to say about this story, Demarcus, who says older folks don't mm -hmm. know how to use technology? Huh? Huh? Right. Look at this 50-year-old <laughs> lady getting it done, man. I mean, if she wasn't <laughs> she did. If that. she wasn't being arrested right now, I'd say TikTok may want to hire her. I'm just saying. Like she's Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's got some talent. I'm just saying. Second, Right. Do you think the daughter should be, like, weirdly appreciative of her mom? Like, mm. wow, my mom is really ride or die. I mean, in a weird, <laughs> conniving, devious, and frightening way. But, man, she's got my back. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's like you're weirdly... She definitely took one for yeah, the Yeah, you're like, I don't know if I needed it, Mom, but... Thanks, Thank you. I guess. I don't know. Like, it's weird. Lastly, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you know this. Dave knows this about me, DeMarcus. I'm sort of a risk and reward type of guy. I've got to do a little risk analysis mm. whenever... If you're doing something risky, like making up fake videos of mm -hmm. somebody, you better uh, risk-reward it, you know? And I got to say, um, right. on this one... Uh, there's there's not too much of a high reward, right? Nope. I mean, what's your reward? That your daughter excels and becomes a professional cheerleader? Like, what, what, <laughs> what are you getting out? Of? And I, I hate to tell you, lady, but they aren't getting played like the professional players. All right, all right. right. You can ask my friend Brooke on the Jaguars cheer squad. There's a reason she went back to school. Okay, they're not. They're not out here balling million-dollar contracts, okay? Not worth it. Not worth the risk, lady. I'm just saying. Think it through. Um, DeMarcus, let's head over to England for the next story. Mm. So, okay. you know, uh, you've probably seen these, uh, you know, in, in your area. You know those little library deals people put in neighborhoods? The little, like... Mm. The little boxes with a little window. It's like, hey, our neighborhood library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Basically, just like a box where people can borrow books in the neighborhood. Well, right, they've right. been doing the same thing in England, except they actually use mm. old payphone telephone booths. So, you know, the red telephone booths that they have in England, they they just they oh, yeah. re recreated those into a little library. Sweet. Um... Mm. And in Hurstbourne Tarrant Parish, always have such proper names in England, Hurstbourne Tarrant <laughs> Parish, they're having a little bit of trouble with their little library. Apparently, mm. someone in the neighborhood has been leaving erotic and pornographic material in the little library. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. The uh, parish... Don't let little Timmy get a hold of that. Yeah. Nope. Well, I mean, the parish council posted on Facebook. Here's what they said. They said, quote, We love our red little library on Church Street. Sturt, <laughs> Church Street. But we don't love salacious adult literature being left there. Nope. So whoever <laughs> is doing so, if you're reading this, please... Don't keep leaving inappropriate books. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, then the chairman, Ian Kitson, he told the news a couple of things. He said, we know who it is in the village. Word. And guess what? They aren't very well thought of. Word. Hmm. Hmm. He hmm. then said, this incident is no laughing matter. Hmm. Which, first off, Ian, hmm. I got to say, it's a laughing matter. Yes. I hate to tell you. It's, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Let, uh, Ian, yeah. let me show you the difference, Ian. Issues that are no laughing matter. Cancer. COVID. Climate crisis. War. Famine. But porn in a little library? Pretty funny. Pretty funny. Laughing matter, Ian. <laughs> laughing matter. Um, second, if you know who's doing it, why don't you just go over to their house and tell them to knock it off? Like, I don't get that right. comment. We know who it is. Well, if you know who it is, go over there and say, hey, stop putting porn yeah. in our library, man. Like, or lady. I don't know. It could be a lady that likes porn in the library. I don't know. Whoever's doing it. Stop could putting be. it in there. You never know. You know? Yeah. Just saying. Anyways. Um... DeMarcus, I think we can all agree that during this pandemic, it's been pretty tough on the delivery driver. So true. You know? Mm. You know, yeah. they're on the front line. They're on the front line. They're they working are. overtime. Mm -hmm. It's annoying, no doubt. You used to work back yeah. in the day, right? Was that Amazon that you worked for? Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. sort of Amazon. That's sort of front line, mm -hmm. you know. If you would have still been working yeah. there, but anyways. Yeah, it was tough. Oh, no doubt, tough, <laughs> tough man. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, mm. doesn't stop this FedEx driver in our next uh, our next story from being a hero. Say what? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So Brandon Alt, who is a FedEx driver in Northern California. He was starting his day in mm -hmm. Fresno, as he usually does. As he's driving down the road, he noticed the car in front of him starting to swerve pretty hard. Mm. Swerving back and forth. Then, all of a sudden, the car just hits a hard right and flies off the road. Wait, what? Over the side of a oh. bridge into the Truckee River. Yeah. What? Yeah. Now, Brandon, oh, without hesitation... Gets out of his truck, jumps into the freezing cold river, swam over to the car, saves the drowning lady, and after he saved the woman, he said, I would just hope and expect anyone in the situation to do the same. Wow. What? Really? Mm. Wow. I don't know, Brandon. Dude, man. I don't know about that one, man. I mean, well, first of all, Brandon, you're going to have yeah. to set the bar that the person has to be able to swim, all right? Because right. can't swim. I'm not yeah. recommending anybody to do what Brandon did. <laughs> That's just going to wind up right. with more trouble there. Second of all, yeah, this is where it gets really interesting, DeMarcus. In the second part of the story, it says that authorities said the woman driving was on the phone singing happy birthday to a relative mm. so she wasn't paying Ugh. full attention to the road. Damn. Which I gotta be honest, DeMarc is like, really? Where in the rules of singing happy birthday does it say you have to sing it with your eyes closed and your hands behind your back? Because, like, 
Every time I drive, right. I can sing happy birthday, and I don't think it increases the likelihood that I'm going to wreck. Nope. Like, yeah. I think, you know, here's what I think, Demarcus. I think something shady was going on What's in that, that car. I think that was a cover-up. Huh. You know? I think so, too. Doc. I think afterwards, she called I, She called one of her relatives. She's like, hey, hey, you're gonna, you're, I'm going to say I was talking to you. I wasn't doing the drug deal, and I was singing happy birthday to you, right. all right? That's what was happening. Just play it cool. That's our alibi. Wait, what? Like, I don't know. Right. Brandon, I thank you. I thank you. Uh, I thank you uh, saved a felon. I'm just going to say that. That's what I think. You did. <laughs> yeah. No. Congratulations, yeah. Brandon, on being a, a, a hero and uh, good work, man. I don't know if everybody would do big the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Big shout out. Shout out. Uh, okay. Uh, this one. This one's interesting. This one's this one's neat. Um, Demarcus, uh, when you play poker, how good would you mm-hmm. say you're at? Uh, you are at calling people's bluff. Hmm. Mm. I think I'm pretty decent, Doc. Pretty decent. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm, I'm okay at it. I think I'm pretty good. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. but it's pretty intense. You know, you've got money riding on that bluff, so you're trying to trying to see. You're trying to mm-hmm. call it. But let, let's make the stakes a little bit bigger. Let's say instead of just okay. money, you're playing with your life. Jeez. Um, mm. I can definitely tell you in that situation, I am not confident enough to call somebody's bluff. <laughs> but right. I will tell you who is. Pam. Mm. Who's that? Pam. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Pam, who owns Pam's one-stop bottle shop, a convenience store mm. in Avondale, Missouri. Last week, Wednesday morning, she was working when a teenager came into the store to buy some chips and a Coke. Mm. He paid for it, and after getting his change, he stepped back and raised up a gun and said, yeah, one more thing. Empty the register, please. What? With a gun oh, wow. pointed in Pam's face. And I can tell you, play hmm. for play, I watched the security footage from Pam's one-stop shop. You know what Pam does? She looks at the guy and says, are you kidding? You're serious. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Nope. And then she chases <laughs> him out of the store. And the robber runs oh, away wow. from the scene, man. What? It's crazy. Really? Yeah. And then she said on the news, she said, I'm sure with all the views it has on Facebook, I'm sure his friends are tormenting him about how horrible of a job he did at robbing a, uh, robbing a store. What? What? So many things. Ow. So many things about this story, DeMarcus. First off, not an exaggeration. Pam looked down the mm-hmm. barrel of a gun and said, I dare you. I dare you. <laughs> Like, what? What? Yeah. I am not calling that bluff, Demarcus. That is not happening. Nope. Yeah. Again, going back (laughs) to that risk-reward right there, in this scenario, if that dude pulls out his gun, what's the reward of calling his bluff? Nothing. Nothing is your reward. Yeah. Like, I'm right in the same position I was before he pulled the gun. What's the risk? I get shot in the face. 
That's the risk. Right. Like, exactly. For me, I'm <laughs> emptying out that register, and as soon as he leaves, I'm calling the cops, and then I'm calling up insurance and be like, hey, do your thing, man. All right, cool. Like, right. not worth me calling that bluff. No, thank you. So, so, yeah. <laughs> second. I'm about to pass on that one. Second. I mean, I know it's on Facebook and whatnot, but the guy has a hoodie and a mask on. I, w I would think if right. you're a robber, you're probably not going around to your friends and being like, hey, just a heads up, I unsuccessfully robbed a convenience store. So uh, keep a lookout <laughs> for the video. Like, I, hopefully his friends don't know. Like, I would hope. Like, if not, right. he's being a bad, he's doing a bad job as a robber. I mean, he already was. Pam, Pam worked him over. But, I mean, aside from that, the after effects, he's also doing a bad job at. I mean, come on, bro. Do something good. Right. Come on. Um, <laughs> anyways, DeMarcus, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from none other than Bumpin' Uglies right here on the Doc oh. G Show. We are going to hear their new song, Loud and Clear, right now, right here. Doc G Show. Be right back.
we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners of the radio show, if you haven't done it yet, make sure you go out and you subscribe to the podcast one way or the other. You follow us on SoundCloud. You subscribe on Apple. You subscribe on Overcast. You subscribe on Spreaker. You subscribe on TuneIn. One of them, you subscribe. And if you can, leave a comment that like, man, your show makes my life. If you give me a big exaggerated comment like that, you know how good it'll make me feel? Oh my gosh. It's basically like you're donating to a charity when you do it. Word. That's what it'll do. That's, I mean, it's not on that level because it's not actually helping a person in need, but still. Nope. I'm a person in an emotional need, guys. Emotional Please help need. my man out. Yeah. Please yeah. do it for the doc. That's right. There you go. You can hear the earnesty in, in DeMarcus's voice. He knows I'm That's a right. loser that needs it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> DeMarcus, we need to shout out some of the people that have listened to the show. Uh, oh yeah some newcomers here i well most of them i think these areas have listened before but i don't really remember them so we're going to shout them out again here Hmm. uh so somewhat a newcomers in the domestic realm these are domestic Hmm. here so first off right down for uh, down the way from us buford south carolina there it is Big shout yeah. out to Buford. Yeah. Now, I always wonder, you know, uh, mm-hmm. how we go back and forth between Bo and Bu for B-E-A-U, you know? Because mm. I got a friend that his name is Bo, and he spells it mm. B-E-A-U. And the first time I met him, I was like, Bu? He's like, it's Bo, moron. And I was like, what? <laughs> huh? And then, you know, and beautiful and Buford, there you go. Oh, yeah. I, I guess I guess it's like a French. I think it's a French pronunciation that goes with a with a uh, mm. bow instead of a bu. I don't know. Yes. I uh. I'm gonna have to talk to some kind of phonetics expert on that. I don't know. Yeah, man. Word. Anyways, shout out to Buford. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Big shout out, um, Buford. Shout out. Uh, next on the list, Schenectady, New York. Schenectady. Oh, wow. Yeah. Never you heard been, of it. Yo, you, oh, you never heard of Schenectady? Oh, Never man. heard of it. I used to, you, you know, you know my old place in uh, uh, Jacksonville that you went to. My yeah. my uh, landlord at that place. She was from Schenectady mm-hmm. originally. Yeah. Oh, wow. so true. Yeah, it's upstate, man. Schenectady yeah. is uh, it's near Albany, so you gotta you gotta really ride up there. You know, it's it's it's. It's getting close to the to the Canadian line, you know. Well, not super ah. close, but it's it's getting closer up there. I don't know. I don't know how far you'd right. say it is away, but it's uh yeah. Yeah, man, Schenectady. Good stuff. Good stuff. Shout out well, Schenectady. Shout out. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now let's go across the country. Coronado, California. Yeah. Cali. Yeah. Shout out Co- to Cali. Coronado. Uh, I don't know. I think I might have gone through there at some point. Maybe. Hmm. It's in. It's it's San Diego. I think we might have actually ran through there. I. Uh, ah. I think that's. I think that's right below where we where we went to run. Uh, like so. Ah. I think we went. Was it Laguna Beach? No, uh, we went to La Jolla. 
La oh yeah, La Jolla is where we went. La Jolla, yeah, 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 yeah. and and yeah, yeah. Coronado is right below us. Coronado is right across from the uh, is right across from the conference center. So yeah, ah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I guess I Big have shout been out. there. Definitely been around mm. there for sure. Uh, nice. Shout out Coronado. Shout out. Um, Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. Roanoke Rapids. Yeah. Big shout out. shout out. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know about Roanoke Rapids either. I mean, I think it's uh it's it's uh north of Rocky Mount. So, mm. it's on it's on the on the east side, uh right up beside the Virginia line. That's a fact. So, I've probably yeah, yeah I've def I definitely drove through the Roanoke Rapids on 95. It's happened. Shout out Roanoke Rapids. <laughs> shout out. Big shout out. Shout out. Uh Howe, New Jersey. How a New Jersey. Yeah. Jersey, shout out Jersey. Shout yeah, out. we get some we get some Jersey listeners every now and then. Thank you Jersey, we appreciate it. Okay, Severn, Maryland. Severn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shout out Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Back to South Cackalack, Aiken. We had I know we've had Aiken listen before, but we had oh, a bunch of listens from right Aiken. Right down the road from me. Yeah, we had a bunch of listens from Aiken this week, so got to give him a shout out. Nice. Uh, and lastly, Aiken. Moncure, North Carolina. Moncure. Shout yeah. out. Okay, from one Carolina to another. Yeah, man. Big shout had, out. Had a good number of listens from Moncure. There you go. Uh, never been to Moncure, uh, but you know, maybe yeah. someday. Anyways, shout out to everybody that listened. There it is. Shout out to all of our listeners. We appreciate it. Uh, Demarcus, let's oh, yeah. pull out a couple more stories. Got one uh, story that I definitely want to do here. Uh, okay. This one's good. Uh, Demarcus, have you ever needed to get a receipt back? Maybe like reimbursement, something like that? Hmm. Hell yeah, this morning. Oh, wow. Happened this morning. You know, isn't it annoying? This morning. I know, man. It's annoying. Ye eggs up grill. I'm calling y'all out. Say there what? it is. There. Eggs up grill. We're looking for you, eggs up. You better bring that receipt back. So well, true. Uh, yeah. Now, you know, it, it's already a big enough pain uh, when you're looking for it for reimbursement. But again, right. let, let's let's amp up the intensity of why you need to get this receipt. Hmm. Let's say that it, you're looking for this receipt so you're not convicted for murder. Oh, wow. Yes! Let's say that's why you need to get this receipt. Then, I'm betting it's really stressful. So true. You know? It's not that serious. Eggs up. <laughs> <laughs> it was for Herbert Alford. So Herbert Alford. Herbert. Yeah, Herbert Alford was accused of killing Michael Adams back in 2011 over a 50-pound bag of marijuana. Pretty big bag of marijuana. Yeah. Um, it is. Now, when Herbert was charged with the murder, he wasn't too concerned. And the reason he wasn't too concerned, because he knew he wasn't in that area. That's right. He knew he mm. was renting a car from Hertz across the state. So he was like, oh, no problem. I'll get the receipt. Tell him that I was there at Hertz, renting a car. Obviously, I couldn't have murdered this guy. No, no issues, right? And uh, hmm. so he goes over to Hertz and was like, hey, do you have the receipt? from when I uh, rented a car back in 2011? And they were like, hmm, nope. What? And he was like, uh, sort of important. I'm gonna go to jail for murder if you can't find it. They're like, whoa, Oof. that sucks. Still can't find it. Girl, come on. Uh, so 
Alfred gets convicted and goes to jail for two years from 2016 to 2018. And then in 2018, Hertz is like, oh, yeah, you know what? We found it. Wait, what? We got it here. Here's the receipt. Right? And so, finally, he gets his receipt. He gets out of jail. Uh, Lauren Luster, spokesman for Hertz, said, While we were unable to find the historical rental record from 2011 when it was requested in 2015, we continued our good faith efforts to locate it. With advances in data search in the years following, we were able to locate the rental record in 2018 and promptly provide it. Word. End quote. Wow. Hmm. Note the use, Demarcus, of promptly. Promptly mm. in 2018, meaning three years after it was requested. Yeah. Promptly. Girl, come on. And, and yeah. Call me crazy, Demarcus. But what the kind of advances do you need in data search to be able to look up a receipt? Shouldn't right. shouldn't it require a name and a date? Like we're not debugging NASA code over here. Nope. Oh, Her- right. Herbert Alfred, 2011. Let me check. Yeah, here it is. That's the yeah. data search that's required. Like, what are you doing besides that? Like. I don't get that it. That is insane. I don't get it, man. That's crazy, man. Yeah, two years off of your life because they can't find a receipt. That one, you, 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 you tell. That's the only time. That's the only time I would validate a one-star review. Yes. That would qualify. If 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 Herbert wants to go on to the Hertz website and been <laughs> like, been like, hey, rented a car from Hertz, was convicted of murder. Would not recommend one star. I'd be like, totally, I understand, Herbert. That makes sense, man. Good, yeah, good for yeah. you. Good for you. Uh, okay, well, D- Herbert, I'm glad. I'm glad you got out of jail, and I hope you get some money out of uh, Hertz a lot. Um, be, yeah. Might not make up for the two two years lost, but at least you're getting some cash. That'd be nice. Um, okay. Got one short story, Demarcus. Have you ever wanted to own your own island? Hmm. Oh, who wouldn't, man? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's like the American dream. And, you know, I mean, it's not super high on my list. Like, you know. <laughs> but I mean, I've thought about it, you know. But it's like not my number Dude, one. Dude, you can like, you can like run run around butt naked on an island. Yeah. And like no one can say anything to you about it. It's like it's yours. Yeah, but you don't know, man. The way these people are today, you know, somebody's probably flying over in a helicopter and then blame you for looking out and seeing you naked on your island and be like, oh, <laughs> he blinded me while I was in my helicopter that a hole, you know. So true. Un, 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 unacceptable things true. like that. But any those, listeners. Those types of things could happen. Any listeners out there that are looking for their own island, I got one for you. That's a fact. So you can mm. do your thing in Ireland. If you want an Irish island, apparently, uh, just in times for St. Patrick's Day, West Caft Island is up for sale. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. West Caft Island yeah. is in Roaring Water Bay. Next, uh, it's west of the city Cork. So, it's uh, the island is 62 acres. 62 acres. Hmm. Now, hasn't been an asking price yet. 
They haven't. They haven't actually posted a, a price yet. I uh, give you a little details, little specs on the island. Highest point on the island is 20 ma- 28 meters high, so not too far off of sea level. You're not getting too much elevation here. Um, there's mm. there's a freshwater, as they call it, a freshwater lake on the island. Um, but let's mm. be honest, there's nowhere close enough to be in a lake. It's a pond. Um, That's a fact. <laughs> now, like I said, no listing price, but similar islands have sold between 245,000 and 770,000 pounds. So... You know, keep that in mind. Now, by the way, listeners, you can check all of this out on privateislandsonline.com. That's an actual website. Word. Yeah. And they have island listings from all over the world. Just go out there and get your own island, man. You can do it. Now, I mean, it's, it's well worth it. Well, now, now I got to be honest. There's two things. If I'm going to get an island, I'm going to need uh, mm-hmm. more trees on my island than this one uh, in, mm. uh, in Ireland has. Because this one doesn't have any real oh, trees. Yeah. And I, I feel like I need a lot of trees. Yes! I'm a tree guy. Mm. I need to have some trees around me to feel safe. Two, um, get this man some trees. I'm going to need some more elevation, too. I'm going to have to get farther away from sea level. With these sea levels rising, climate crisis, I don't need some right beside the water nope. being stuck on my island and drowning. <laughs> That's not happening, okay? Need a higher right. island. Um <laughs> Anyways, I'm just saying, that's what I need. Also, the other thing I need, I'm not a huge fan of wind, and Roaring Water mm. Bay sounds like they have some wind. That's a fact. I don't know about that. Mm. I, don't, I don't want any wind. So, you know, I don't think this Irish this Irish island's for me, but right now, I'm telling you, DeMarcus, we get more listens from Irish listeners than America. Right. I'm buying mm-hmm. West Calf Island, and we're setting up the Doc G studio in Ireland. It's happening. <laughs> It is happening. Nice. You, that's a promise, Irish listeners. You make yes. it happen, guys. Um, oh, yeah. Anyways, it's going to really backfire when it actually happens. I'm like, oh, crap, <laughs> i got to do it, DeMarcus. Nope. I don't even have 250,000 <laughs> nope. pounds. What are we going to do? There's no electricity on this island. How are we going to do something? <laughs> I don't know what to do. Anyways, uh, right. DeMarcus, second birthday suit. Are you ready? Let's go for it. Here we go. Now this one, I don't know how you good, uh, how good are you in this area? So I gave it sixty-five percent. So we'll see. Born on March seventeenth, nineteen sixty-four, in Charlottesville, Virginia. He grew up in Dayton, Ohio, and then moved to California with his mom in the nineteen eighties. He attended Santa Monica High School, where he met Charlie Sheen. And became good friends with Charlie Sheen. In the early 80s, our birthday suit wearer became interested in acting. And he got several roles and became known as part of the Brat Pack of the 1980s. He was in movies like St. Elmo's Fire, About Last Night, and The Outsiders. In the 90s, he didn't make too many big role appearances until he started appearing on the show The West Wing. Mm. Then, Mm. in 2010, he became a regular on the show Parks and Rec as the character Chris Traeger. Name that birthday suit wear. I'll also give one other hint. He's also an endorser of Atkins Diet. What? He does commercials for Atkins Diet. 
Man. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you got me with that uh that thirty five percent doc. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm definitely falling in that that thirty five percent. Okay. I, uh, so it's Rob. I have no idea. Rob Low. Rob Low. Rob Low. Yeah. Have you ever okay. heard of Rob Low? I don't think I've ever heard of him. We brought him up on the show before because Rob Palinka, you know the uh, the uh, manager, former manager of Kobe Bryant, and he he's the general manager of the uh, Los Angeles Lakers now. He sort mm. of looks like Rob Lowe a little bit, and I brought that up on the show. Interesting. And I deemed them uh. two good-looking guys getting their work done. That's what I deemed them because they're two <laughs> good-looking guys that are getting their work done. So shout-out mm. to Rob Lowe. He's turning the big uh, – what, what do we got here? Uh, 50 – 57? Jeez. 57? Yeah, 57, 57 man. Wow. Rob Lowe. Big shout out. Shout he looks good for 57. Way to look for 57, Rob. Man. So true. He is a good looking. Go, go, give Big a Google search when you get a chance of Rob Lowe. You'll be impressed, Marcus. You'll be like, wow, that guy's 57? <laughs> that dude's looking good for 57. Anyways. <laughs> Marcus, we are going to take a break. We will be right back with Brandon Hardesty of Bumpin' Uglies right here on the Doc G Show. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And this Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are extremely excited to welcome songwriter and singer of the fantastic Bumpin' Uglies on with us today, Mr. Brandon Hardesty. Brandon, what's happening? Nothing much, man. Just hanging out at home. How are you doing? I'm doing good, you know? Doing all right for uh, uh, a year into the pandemic. So, you know, it's uh, it's got to be weird, a little bit weird for you. I mean, it's been a, a year without, like, real, live, fully packed shows. Has that? I'm, I'm guessing that there's never been a time in your career so far that that's happened. No, it, it was it was it was a crazy uh, culture shock for me for sure because I started touring back in um, 2010, mm. and I've been going nonstop since then. So then it was just everything abruptly came to a halt, um, and it was weird and and terrifying and and different, but. Um, you know, I, I got a lot done over the last year, and I yeah, I was able to to work in different ways. You know, I did a lot of um, solo touring, like yeah. doing um, doing like backyard parties for people all across the country. That was actually wow. It was, like it was, uh, you know, I never would have thought I'd end up doing something like that, but it ended up being very rewarding, and and it was cool. It kept me busy. Um, yeah, well, wrote I, a lot of music, recorded a lot of music. It was, it was, you know, got a lot done. Yeah, I, I saw you. Uh, you were you were down here actually in Jacksonville. You were in November. You came by. You did uh, solo at nineteen oh four. I did. Utah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was fun. Nice. Yeah, they they're always a good time there. It's uh, what I'm I'm guessing was was there there was a mask mandate and spacing going on 
There was, yeah. Jack, you know, like I was kind of anxious about coming down to Florida. <laughs> it, well, it was so different from how like how it is up in the Mid Atlantic. Oh yeah. And Jacksonville was the first show, and then I I was like, you know, I got there, and it was pretty reasonable. Like everything was like spaced out, and you know, doing temp checks at the door and mask and everything. And I was like, oh man, this isn't you know, this is pretty much what it's like everywhere else. This isn't as insane as I thought it was. Okay, this is better. All right. Yeah. And then the next show I did was in Tampa. Mm. And it was, uh, I mean, it was like sardines in there, man. It was like, I thought, for, <laughs> I thought for sure, like, I had COVID after the, the thing was over. And I, I didn't, you know, so thank God. But, like, it was definitely, like, one of those things. They're like, wow, okay, well, this is <laughs> just happening. I'm just going to have fun and enjoy it. Come come on, Tampa. You're better than that, guys. Well, I don't know if you are, but you're you're better than that, no, dude, Tampa. Come on. Tampa and St. Pete are, are are that's like one of my favorite regions in the country to play, you know. And it was it was honestly probably the best show, you know, it was like one of the highlights of the year for me because like it was just such good energy and yeah. stuff. It just it was it was not um it was it was definitely something different than I'd I'd grown accustomed <laughs> to over the last year. <laughs> well they do, I mean, no doubt. I would say they probably have the strongest sort of uh, reggae roots fan base there that anything with any connection to that group comes around, they get excited for. So, Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, Janice Live is just such a pillar of the, um, yeah. the touring community that you know they, they've uh, and they got the reggae rise up festival mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely mm -hmm. a very strong market for our genre for sure for sure well i mean uh aside from the live shows i feel like you it was actually sort of i mean you were a little bit prepared for the pandemic in the sense that you had already been doing live streams a bit more regularly than other bands when the pandemic came around because you were you were doing those on Facebook Live for a, a pretty good amount. So I'm guessing, you know, did you already have like a good, you know, listening base? Did you already have people that were pretty solid coming to your your live streams before the pandemic? Yeah, well, I, you know, I started doing live streaming in t probably like 2016, something mm -hmm. like that. When, when, as soon as Facebook Live became a thing, I, I started doing it. Just because you know you're always you're always trying to find different ways to reach people and how to market to people and um, a lot of stuff doesn't work. But Facebook Live, I immediately realized there there was a really cool response to that because um, you know a like well when 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 you, when you started when when they started doing it it's changed since now but like when you started doing it if someone went live and you followed them you just got an alert yeah Whereas, like this was like right around the same time where they were transitioning into putting up a paywall. So you mm -hmm. had to like, because they were trying to do more marketing. So like mm -hmm. you had to pay to get people to see your posts. So with the Facebook live thing, you know, I, I kind of got into the routine of doing every Tuesday I would go on and I would play, you know, like three to five songs. Mm -hmm. And I would just, I would talk to people about whatever I wanted to promote and, and people loved it. You know, like, yeah, I've like, it's consistently when, when touring is a thing, you know, people come up to me and talk to me about how much they love the, the Tuesday live streams and they, they appreciate having it nice. as part of the routine. So like, that was one of the first things I, I decided when COVID became a thing and I realized there was going to be no touring for the, for the foreseeable future. I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to become like a TV show. I'm going to become like everybody, you know, you're going to be able to set your calendar and yeah. see, uh, you know, 60 to 90 minutes of me every week. Nice. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it was, you know, I'm still doing it. It was really, it was really good at the, the first 
six months or so, you know, like yeah. people were just like tip, tipping very generous, generously yeah. and that's, that's kind of fallen off, but, um, <laughs> you know, which Chaz is, is, is expected, you know, after a year of just crazy economical times. But, yeah. Um, yeah. That I... said, it's, you know, it's, it's like, for me, it's, it's like the money is obviously like important, but more so than that is just like keeping that interaction with the fans going. For sure. For sure. Well, I mean, you know, I think, I think everybody's just, it's there was such a wave of live streaming and everything at the start too like it was just i think it might have been over stimulation for the consumer there was just too many of their bands and too many everything going on at once and they were trying to watch everything it's now now everybody wants to move back to the live shows for sure hopefully hopefully soon uh yeah well along along with the Along with the live streams, I noticed just recently, Bumpin' Ugly's got got on got on the TikTok. Wait, what? Now, <laughs> yeah. now, how many dance challenges have you created so far? Zero dance oh, challenges. Hmm. I found a I found a YouTube instructional video on how to crip walk, and uh, <laughs> as soon as I have as soon as I have that down, it's done. I, I still honestly, I, I I'm like. Man, I'm I'm gonna be 35 in two months. Like I, I I'm not even like trying to understand TikTok. I'm just going on there, and I realize it's like you can't you can't swim upstream. You know what I mean? Like like it's TikTok tough. is here, and people love it, and that's the new wave of social media. So I'm just going on there, and I'm you know I'll just play a minute of a song, and that's that'll be what I do for the time being. I've noticed that's what a lot of the go-to like artists, like musicians that I know on tiktok they're just like all right well this is what i do anyways so here it is on tiktok here i am playing a song <laughs> like this is what i have to give to you guys this is it take it or leave it yes! um i'm guessing i'm guessing though at home there you've got uh you have positive of the pandemic like you said stay at home dad you've got to uh got some more time with with the uh with the son and the dog How's that been going? It's, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. The last year that I got to spend with him, like I, I was leaving, you know, we were, when, when everything shut down, we were in Texas and it was the first week of a seven week tour mm. and we got to do three shows. Um, and then we picked up a fourth one after the tour got canceled and then we came home. Mm. And when I left for that tour, my son, you know, I, like my son, he's my first kid. So mm -hmm. first time father. He was, you know, he was still very much a baby mm -hmm. where, you know, he's, you know, obviously like still like a human being at that point, but there's, there's not much like interacting. Yeah. More of just, they're just like, you know, you're feeding just them. Just there. Feeding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But over that month, that first, first month when I came back is when his, his personality really started to, to blossom and, and he really became more independent and just, it, it was crazy. And I got to, I got to watch that whole thing where nice. I was like. Otherwise, I would have just come home and he would have been an entirely different person. Would have been, I was about to say, and we wouldn't have known him. Who is this dude? He's different. Yeah, and you know, that's that's part of the gig when you when you travel for a living. Yeah. It's, it's not something I accepted a long time ago, but like the fact that I got to be here for that is definitely one of the, the positives of this whole situation. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, I noticed along with family time, uh, you also happen to have bought roughly... I'm guessing 400 cans of chicken corn chowder soup. Huh? <laughs> um, yeah. Are you still working through those cans, or have you already eaten all those? That was a lot no, man, I, of chicken corn chowder. I, yeah, I got. I, I still got a, a, a bunch in the in the <laughs> in the cabinet, man. Progressive pro, or progressive chicken corn chowder yeah. is my is my jam, dude. It's like just the, it's delicious and easy, and 
I'm not, I don't really cook, man. Like when I go grocery shopping, I get like peanut butter, bananas, bread, chicken corn chowder, like <laughs> deli meats, like cereal. You know what I mean? Like stuff that does not require thought. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I mean, cooking is just like some people are like, oh, I love cooking and everything. Every time I cook, like, it's just more effort than I think it's it the the, the result. You're just like well, that took a lot, and now I got to clean up yeah. everything. And I mean, it's pretty good, but I'd rather just not put as much effort into it and have a meal I can eat faster. Like, just seems like a lot for me. So I I get it. Corn chowder. I I've never had the chicken corn chowder, so I'm on. The secret it. is uh, sriracha, bro. You got to put sriracha. Wait, what? Corn chowder, and it's just bomb man. now. Now you're living dangerously right there. That's that's <laughs> that's getting crazy right there. Um yeah. you guys you guys just released Loud and Clear, um, which uh was is sort of acoustic sound. Um and you know, big time, you know, sort of lyrics on it. And uh you recorded this one over FaceTime with a plug in called Audio Movers, which Yeah, man. That sounded really cool. How was the the experience doing it like that, recording like that? I'd I'd never done anything like that before, and it was great. Um, so so Body Haunt is actually like the stage name for for my buddy Will Kubley, who's mm-hmm. the who produced that track for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the audio movers, the way that works is like you know I have my little studio in my basement, um, which is I, I use an Apollo quad for my interface, and mm-hmm. then I have an SM7B microphone and mm-hmm. a slate vms microphone for like vocals and guitars and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, so you know like i i open up logic which is my doll that mm-hmm. i record with and then you put audio movers on your master bus mm-hmm. so it's, it's just like a little plug-in and then he he like has like a code using audio movers as well and it lets him listen to that hi-fi audio in, in real time which is just incredible and it wow. made that whole process so he's like listening to the audio while he's FaceTiming with me on our phones so we can kind of see each other. Oh, and, um, I see. So so, so they're not actually like the audio movers and the FaceTime isn't actually connected. The FaceTime is just so you you, you guys can talk to like each other. The audio movers right, is just right. giving him the real-time sound. Yeah, it was like, I think we had like three different screens going at, a, at <laughs> any given time. It was, it was, it was, it's cool though, man. We actually just did another song um, a few days ago. Very nice. And, um, I think I'm going to do like the plan is I'm going to probably do like seven or eight songs with him that are in that kind of acoustic format. Yeah. And then um, eventually just kind of like release it as an album because like the, the, the thing for me is like that's it's not really what we do. Mm-hmm. But like that, like as a songwriter, that's a, a big part of what I'm into. Yeah. Um, at this point in my life is like Americana and, and folk music. So it's, it's kind of hard to like, you know, I, I want to write and I want to record that music, but it's like. We have this whole a lot of momentum going with like the reggae, yeah, like the punky reggae thing. So it's like you don't want to, you don't want to deter that train. What, but, what? So I'm gonna, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep making that music. It's just a matter of figuring out a good time to kind of release it, whether that's just like on Bandcamp or whatever. But. Yeah. Well, I was, I was about to say. I mean, you guys, I, it, it, it's obvious. Like you said, you, you dig that kind of sound. And you've done some acoustic, I mean, you know, Go Folk Yourself and, and Songs from the Basement. Those are both, you know, acoustic style. How how does Ugly's Nation dig the acoustic sound? I mean, like, do you think, 
I mean, do you hear them being receptive to it, or do you already know, like, they're not into it that much, and it's a, a different crowd that's into it? Well, Ugly Nation is like, you know, that's like the, that's family and like the super fans, and, and yeah, they they love. I mean, they, they I feel like as long as we keep putting out honest music and it's and it's good, like they're gonna love it no yeah. matter what we do. But like the casual fans are like, you know, the, the ones who just kind of like they hear Island Time on a playlist and they're like, oh, this is dope. I'm gonna follow this band, and if I see them at a, fe- you know, like if I see their name on a festival, I'm gonna go catch the set. Like, yeah, that that th- those are like the ones that I'm more concerned with, you know. Yeah. Like, like as far as like and because that's like the big the big picture growth yeah and that's like what i'm referring to when i Mm -hmm. say like keeping the train going yeah you know like like the the ugly nation is such a beautiful thing and and those people i think they're gonna be a part of us as long as we're around Mm -hmm. but you know i'd say like for every every 20 people who like like the band one of them becomes you know a super fan so it's like you gotta got to think about the big picture too for sure for sure well i mean you mentioned it loving americana sound and you know i i hear you talk about it you know uh i mean you bring up as far as like when people ask you what you're what you're listening to it's usually either americana or hip-hop those are like the two and uh you got a sturgill simpson tattoo on your chest wow have you ever met sturgill Man, no, I, I haven't, and I would love to. Like, I would love to make music with Sturgill, and I, you know, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge fan. Like, I'm a huge fan of his music. I'm a huge fan of his approach to the industry. I'm a huge. I'm just, I just, I love Sturgill Simpson, man. He's, he's a cowboy, and he, and he yeah, kills it. yeah, he definitely does. I was, I was wondering because I mean, I feel like you walking up to him and being like, hey, that's, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure you've got it before as far as your lyrics. Somebody walking up to you, you know, showing you their tattoo of Bumpin' Ugly's lyrics. It's got to be a, a huge compliment. I mean, I'd, I'd feel I'd feel impressed if I was Sturgill and you came up uh, <laughs> with, with the lyrics on, you know? Yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I, those lyrics really, for me, it, it, it kind of embodies, like, my whole philosophy on life um, and, and music, really. And, like, the lyrics I have are... I don't need to change my strings because the dirt don't hurt the way I sing. Yeah. And it's to me, I, I don't know what he was trying to say when he said that, but to me, like my whole approach on like songwriting and, and music and, and everything is that like a song, a song really is, is, isn't anything if it can't exist at its core with, um, you know, whether it's a guitar or a piano or whatever, and just a vocalist or, or, or what, you know, the, the lyrics, like it's all about the lyrics and, and the foundation of the song and you can get, crazy with production and bells and whistles and, mm-hmm. and, and building it up and making it fancy but at the core it's all about those vocals and the and the lyrics yeah. you know and um that's like really where i put my energy as a musician is, is developing developing my voice and developing my mind as a songwriter and I, i'm very proud of that and that's what it kind of allowed me to do what i did this year which is just go around and play shows by myself with an acoustic guitar and a and my voice, you know, yeah. like, and I, I feel like you, a, a lot of times, you know, you, a lot of times you see people who just, they, they, for whatever reason, they don't do that. They can't do that. And, uh, you yeah. know, they, they, like you start getting into the conversation, like backing tracks and like lip syncing or, or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's just, to me, that's all, it's kind of disingenuous. Like when I, when I, if I'm going to go out and listen to music, like I want to hear music, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I want to hear live performed music. So. Well, and, and when you when you strip it down, and I, I've I've talked with a, a lot of artists 
like that. But I mean, you know, when you when you strip it down, if it's a good song, it's a good song. And like you said, it doesn't matter how many bells and whistles are on there. You can take them out, and it's still a great song without all those other things on there. And yeah, like a lot of my favorite songs are like, and like favorite recordings are like Elliot Smith demos and like Bright Eyes demos and just like super lo-fi, like crappy stuff that wasn't like supposed to really see the light of day. But it's like, for you know, you hear the passion like in their voices and you hear the honesty of it and that to me that is what is that is what i want out of music is i want emotion like i want i want passion and honesty and make like make me feel something and, and whatever whatever medium gets that across i think that's you know i'd rather listen to a crappy honest recording than a for not like a hi-fi phenomenally done yeah uh, emotionless dribble you know yeah and i mean you know i think i think that gets lost by a lot of the like the common listeners but i mean you can find it in any in in any like like you said the honesty comes through uh you you can feel it you know even if it's a really produced polished piece you can feel it like i mean i i would say like boston you know boston is extremely extremely polished more than a feeling, though, you can feel more than a feeling. There is yeah. there's an honesty in that song, even though he polished that song to, I mean, you know, a, a diamond, basically. There's, I mean, there's so many things on top of it. But yeah, you you know, any any music can be sort of stripped back if it's good and it's honest. You can you can get the real meaning out of it for sure, and you can feel yeah. it. And uh, yeah, I mean that that goes back though to one of your your main influences for starting the band uh, was Sublime, right? Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, when you look at Sublime, that's you know that's what you could do with most of their songs was you could you could strip it back and just see an amazing song, regardless of how much they're putting on it or speeding it up or putting you know distortion on anything. They still had great songs. Um, what, uh, it was just recently Bradley's birthday. Uh, you know, this is a loaded question, but what do you, what do you think made him so influential? He just did something so special at a, at a time that it really hadn't been done. Like, it's funny. Cause like everyone talks about sublime, like they're a reggae band and it's, it's like, I, you know, I, 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 I wasn't like into reggae growing up, you know, I got yeah. into Sublime and then I thought that was what reggae is. And it's really like, to me, they're more like hip hop and punk than, than yeah. reggae, you mm -hmm. know, like they're not doing one drops. They're doing like, like Bud was kicking hip hop beats yeah. and they would do skate, skate punk stuff. And like, I think that's what really like moved me was, th was those hip hop beats. Like, and when I was younger, I didn't have the language to understand that. I just knew I was like, whoa, this is making my head nod. And then like <laughs> you hear the lyrics and the voice and everyone's like, whoa, like, whoa, this is, what is this? Like, this is incredible. So I, I think, you know, just that sound had never been done before. And yeah. it, it's so contagious. And, you know, his voice was so passionate mm -hmm. and honest and raw and like pretty. Like, you know, he had just like a really pretty but also masculine voice mm -hmm. that was very strong. So, you know, that helps a lot. And then just these like anthematic party songs. Yeah. And then at the same time, also like these brutal songs about like, about you know like really what it was like to be like a dirt like like punky in the <laughs> early 90s you yeah know? Like, like have drug problems mm -hmm. very yeah. 
relatable stuff that wasn't really happening, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. He does. I, I'd say, like, ultimately at, at the core, though, I think the thing that, that, like, really, like, helped them, you know, obviously it's, like, the merging of the sounds, but his voice is, like, that's, I remember, like, one of the things that really caught me because, like, as a kid, like, I was into singers. Yeah. And, like, Brandon Boyd, like, for me, was incredible and, like, made me love Incubus before I even understood, like, the musical complexities of Incubus. I was like, and that dude can sing like yeah. that is that is that is what i want to sound like and i felt that same thing about sublime it's like and that dude can sing and you yeah. can like not only can he sing but you can feel when he sings like you 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 like i would feel that in my core oh is, yeah i like as I, that's what i've always wanted from music is just to make me feel something yeah yeah well i that's i mean i think that's what most people people go for and uh you know that's that's what I that's what I say about two things. I say about Sam Cooke, who's my all-time favorite, just oh, singer, dude. singer. Um, me too, man. I'm yes. actually uh, I do a cover of uh, "Bring It All Home to Me." Nice. Yes, yeah. I love. Uh, I was just telling somebody the other day. You know, that's like one of my favorite records to put on is the live at Harlem, where he does "Bring It On Home to Me" live, and it's just ah, uh, so good, so good. But like. You know, that's one of the things. His voice is so so honest and so smooth too. It's such a good delivery and you can just feel him changing gears when he you know, when he puts the emphasis in it, you can feel it in the voice. And that's what that's what I was gonna say, you know, connecting a little bit to Sublime. That's what I feel with with Tupac as well, with like hip hop, is you could feel it in Tupac's voice. The honesty, the earnestness the same thing that you were saying as far as as Bradley's voice, as far as, you know, feeling it. That's what you got there. And I think, you know, with a lot of those great influences, that's what you have. It, it is. It, it comes down to that for sure. You Well, you, as far as your actual, you know, getting into music yourself it was it was uh it was pretty late you didn't get a guitar until you were 17 bro you did you did your research like i'm, I'm curious like <laughs> <laughs> this is like the best this is the you were like the most prepared interviewer i've ever talked to it's incredible <laughs> well thank you thank you i try i try to do my research you know but uh, so, something that i find very cool even though you know it took you a while to get into it, but you've been doing it for a long time now. I mean, obviously, you've been you've been working as a band for, you know, 13 years, give or take. And I find it really cool. I just saw you just a couple weeks ago posted that you were doing guitar lessons right now, working on your playing. That's, you know, I feel like a lot of musicians are hesitant to, to you know, start taking or talking about lessons were you i mean were you excited to do that did you feel like i need to do this why did you try to do lessons just now for guitar what well, I, I just never had the time really or, or the interest right i mean I, I guess i had the interest but i never really had the time and i'm, I'm really just like trying to use this year as much as like I'm, I'm i don't i feel like i'm never gonna have time like this again in my life so i'm yeah. trying to squeeze like as much knowledge and, and learning in as i can and um you know it, it was kind of circles back to what i was saying earlier like like I got, I got a guitar at 17. That's when mm -hmm. I got my first guitar. And like when I started doing this, you know, I didn't want to be Hendrix. Like I didn't want to be like Jeff Beck. You know, I didn't want to be David Gilmore. I wanted to be like Johnny Cash. You know, yeah. or like I wanted, I wanted to be a songwriter and a singer. And it's like, yeah, like shredding is cool, but like I want to be the dude 
writing songs and then singing those songs. Like that was where my heart was at. And, yeah. You know, so like the first thing I really needed to do was like learn how to sing. So like that's like I mean I I, I was awful at singing when I first started doing it, and it's just like I, I took some vocal lessons in the beginning, and I learned very basic um, technique mm -hmm. for how to sing. And then after that, like people ask me all the time about how to how to like become a singer, and I was like, dude, it's, it's like lifting weights. Like you just Practice. do it every day, and eventually, yeah. yeah so like. I learned the basic techniques to it and then I developed the muscles over years. Like I went out when I was starting this band, I went out seven nights a week to open mics to like friends sets, like anywhere where I could get on a microphone and get some attention. Like I would just go out and sing. Nice. And like over the course of 10 years, like I got pretty good singing. Yeah. And like guitar kind of, I was always good enough. And like, you know, like I got good enough. At being a rhythm guitar player and like i you know like being in a band i got my you know like when i started the band i played uh acoustic guitar like i bought i bought my first electric guitar so i could be in this band like yeah my, this is the only band i've ever been in so like i never like properly learned how to like play leads it's something i kind of like i figured out how to do it like you know i could get it out but it wasn't like i wasn't doing anything prolific and then yeah i kind of just realized over the last year like what i want to do as a lead player and i started like really learning yeah put my head behind it and and you know, I just wanted to, to further develop that. And like, nice. I think it's important just in anything in life, you know, you, you gotta, I feel like you should wake up every day and want to learn something. You know what For I mean? Sure. Like none of us, none of us really know anything at the end of the day. Like we're all just works in progress. Yeah. Trying to improve. And I, I think as soon as you stop having that attitude, that's when you stop growing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I just think, I think a lot of times, you know, if, if it's the thing you do, even if it's not what you're known for, like people are afraid to say, yeah, I'm taking lessons on that, you know? And I just thought to, to actually put it out there and say, hey, I'm, I'm working on my guitar. That's pretty cool. And uh, that dude that you are learning from, man, talk about shredding. I watched some of his yeah. videos. That dude is insane. Well, yeah, he's he actually what used to be my roommate. Um, and he, he's a monster, dude. He's you know he's classically trained. He has an education in um, or a, deg a degree in jazz guitar, and he plays uh, in our in our uh, our little brother band joint operation. Yeah. So he, you know he's just he's just a monster, man. Yeah. And, um, it's cool. It was cool to hang out with him and just pick his brain a little bit. Once you got that guitar at seventeen, how long did it start to uh to how long did it take before you started writing a song? Oh man, like. A month or two <laughs> and it was like the worst the worst songs <laughs> you know like the worst like the first like 15 songs 20 songs i wrote like i don't even know them anymore and they were just yeah. like just such garbage <laughs> you gotta you gotta write a couple of those get those out of the way to, to get to the good ones um yeah it's, it's just like it's it's the same thing as like learning how to sing like songwriting is just like it's all repetition like every you know it's getting like you're, you're trying to like I, I guess it's different for everyone because it depends on like what you're trying to convey or like what you're trying to get across. But like for me, I always wanted to tell stories. So yeah. it's just a matter of figuring out how to set that scene, you know, and how to, you know, how to can translate whatever's in your head into uh, a mental image that can go into someone else's head, you know? And yeah. It's just practice. Nice. Now, well, now, I heard, talk about the research, I heard the first show you did was at Potbelly Sandwich Shop in Annapolis. <laughs> now, yeah, man. Now, yeah. what do you remember about that show? Well, okay, so like I think before I actually ever did that, my my really first show mm -hmm. would have probably been 
the spring talent show mm. at my at my high school. Nice. My senior year of high school, but that pop bellies thing was my first paying gig. Nice. And they they would book me two hours a week. Mm-hmm. You, pay, you play during the lunch hour. And fifteen dollars an hour, and then mm. you get a free sandwich too. Oh, well, and, sandwich does it. That seals the deal right there. Yeah, man. And I was so stoked on it, and uh, I think I did it for a couple of months, and then they fired me because I wasn't very good. <laughs> oh man, that's not that. That's that's a bad memory. Getting fired from it for not being that no, good. Honestly, it's it, it's not, man. Like. I have like a million stories like that of people who just didn't, you know, for whatever reason, like dismissed me. And every time that's ever done, like I'm, it's not necessarily a a character. It's it's not really a trait I'm proud of, but I'm super spiteful, man. And I'm I'm super like petty. And like, if you tell me like, I can't do something, it lights a fire under my Yeah. Honestly, man, like I feel like one of the things I did over this, over this, um, this whole year, like Mm -hmm. I back in April Mm -hmm. is when that, the whole last dance, um, thing came out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I was not, thinking about right when you said the spiteful thing. That's what I was thinking about was Jordan and how spiteful he is. I am not like a sports person like that. Yeah, but man, I I mess with Jordan like real hard. Like especially like I was there's so much about him that I I relate to and I, I like I really really respect him. And it's like that said, it's also like it's almost um it, it's a uh, cautionary tale for me because you see how miserable he is. Like and you know like yeah like with like ruining his marriage and just seems like a super lonely guy so i try to keep myself in check but i'm definitely definitely like when i when i feel slighted or like someone didn't uh think i could do something it just makes me it makes me do it you know yeah. like, like i prove you wrong i'm gonna be awesome at this you know? but that yeah i mean as soon as you said that that's what i thought about because i mean that you know jordan i you know i, I love jordan but he i mean he brought up the guy that beat him on to the varsity team at his Hall, <laughs> of, Hall fame of Fame speech. Like, oh my god, dude, it's incredible. I, I, I like, there's, I, 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 I like, I, I showed my drummer this like one time we were on tour, like, cause like he'd never seen. It. I was like, dude, like we're just gonna sit here and watch Jordan's Hall of Fame speech, it's just like grievance. twenty minutes of the yeah. most thing you've ever seen. Like, it's so incredible. Yeah, and I mean, you're like, you're the greatest in the world. Why do you got to do that? But it's like you said. I mean, he just, and and that's what. I actually read an article one time, and I tell people about this all the time, but, like, it talked about how, you know, outside of sports, Jordan would be labeled as having a mental issue, like having psychological issues that needed help. But because of sports, he's viewed as the greatest of all time. And you're like, you know, it's so funny how it's just, you know, it's, it's such a different you know arena that he's working in but yes yeah that is uh for sure it's it's good motivation but it's also like you said it's good that you keep it in check that's need to need to make sure it doesn't get out of control um yeah absolutely well with your with your current lineup wolfie's the longest standing member and you guys have I mean, he's basically been playing the whole time with you. He was in a band, Cheaters, and then jumped into uh, Bumpin' Uglies. Has he been growing his hair the whole time? Since- yeah, I mean, so Wolfie, when Wolfie joined the band, that's when we started touring. You know, mm. we bought a van, and then that was it. Um, yeah. And he he initially had, like, a little afro. <laughs> He's really coarse hair, and then he started dreading it probably in, like, 2013 2014 something like that man it is 
it is it is long that is yeah I don't know. I had I had Steel Pulse on the on the show uh, a year or two ago. I think they're the only people that I can think that that uh, rival his his dreads. I think <laughs> that's and, saying something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, speak, speaking of touring, though, you guys you guys have toured a bunch, and I heard you tell a story about touring. You guys were coming back from California. Your drive back through a police checkpoint in El Paso, they get you outside of the van. They've got dogs checking the van, and you saved the band. How did you save the band? It, it was the fart that saved the tour. <laughs> we had just stopped for dinner, and uh, yeah, I, I just like was standing out there, and it was dead silence. And you could you could cut the tension with a knife, man. I fart, and I just I let it I let it, let it rip, and it was super audible and loud and like everybody it went from silent to everyone just like how laughing and then the cops were like all right get out of here <laughs> like the, the cops were laughing we we're laughing everyone's laughing it was, it was, oh it was man that i mean and you like just just if you hadn't done that you guys could have been like in jail potentially it's crazy Crazy. Yeah, and El Paso, El Paso jails are no joke, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the folks out there listening, you got to keep it in mind. If your <laughs> if your stuff is getting searched, fart. It may get you out of a situation. It may it may help you. You may hit the wrong cop, and they might not like it. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you get one like Brandon ran into. Yes! Well, let's talk uh, weekend at Wolfie's. You've got the the date set right now, June twenty fourth to twenty six. Uh, yeah. What kind of confidence level, out of a hundred percent, do you have that those dates are happening? I'd say fifty fifty. Like okay, we're, we're giving it another few weeks before we have to make a decision. But it's like with the the local um, government, the way the way they have it set up right now, like we we wouldn't even be able to have the amount of tickets that we've sold um, yeah and it's like you know like we think that it's going to be okay by june but it's like there's so much stuff that goes into to planning a festival we can't like you know and you can't like yeah. you can't just like turn that key two weeks before the festival like we have to really like now's the time where we have to get all that infrastructure infrastructure stuff in place so unless like the 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 um the COVID restrictions have been lifted by that point. It's like eventually we're going to have to bag it and push it down another year. Which yeah. Is, it sucks, man, but it just, it just is what it is. So it's like, you know, we're hoping for the best and we're planning for it, um, for it to be cool, but it's just, you don't know. Yeah. And it's, all we can really do is like I said, you know, like we, we we're, we're planning for the best and, and we're, you know, we're selling tickets right now, but then like if it ends up, we can't do it, it can't do it. You know, you just, whoever wants a refund gets a refund and then push it back another year. Mm. Mm. Fingers, cro fingers crossed that it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I didn't get a chance to see on this year. The previous year, you, you'd had Tropidelic and Good Na of Good Nature, which we both had uh, those guys on the show. Are you guys having them again at uh, at Wolfie's? Hmm. I, I can't disclose that information. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. Well, we have a dope. We have a dope lineup. We have a dope uh, lineup good. plan though. Okay. Sure. Okay. Well. I actually, I should put an asterisk. We had Tropidelic on the show. Then my software malfunctioned, and we were supposed to have of good nature. I recorded the interview, and then my uh, file corrupted. 
So I feel so bad. We never we we had them on the show, but we didn't of good nature. Tropidelic, those guys are great. We had them on the show. They're fantastic. Love which those uh, who'd you talk to with Trop? Who did I, try, I talk to? Um, lead singer. Um, Rhodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt. Yeah, that's who I talked to. Yeah. Um, it was it was good. That was actually that was man. That was two years ago now that we had them on the show. But uh, they're always they're always great. We actually uh, every now and then I'll check in with them if they have any new tunes to to spin on the show because uh, those those are the homies, man. We've known them for a while. Yeah, for sure. They are they are really uh, really nice guys. Um, well, we mentioned coming up with new music there through the whole pandemic and you writing so much. Uh, you you start at the never ending drop where you you've you've got this music lined up for like two years uh, and you're releasing it just every single month. How how'd you come about that idea? How was that like? You know, hey, this is what we're gonna do: single every month. Well, it's just it's something I've wanted to do for a few years, man. Like honestly, like just from monitoring the uh, the direction that the music industry was going in, like yeah. everything. You know, like, so just just based off your music taste, I'm assuming you're around the same age that I am, or like, yeah. I'm in my mid thirties. Mm -hmm. like, I grew up with albums. Like, I love albums. Mm -hmm. but that said, like, albums really aren't a thing anymore. People are listening to singles. You know, you see singles promoted, mm -hmm. all that, and it makes sense with like how playlisting is is, is kind of like the new radio. Like, yeah, like get on a big playlist, and that's it's just huge. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's something I was trying to convince, like. Um, labels and like management and everything and no one really everyone was got so you know was very adamant about sticking to the album format so in a year where there's no touring like one of the biggest concerns was how do you keep the buzz going and how yeah. do you stay relevant and how do you like stay on people's minds because like one of the the biggest thing you know like like buzz and hype are such intangible things and it's something mm -hmm. we had really going for us but you know you you, you got to fight to keep that so yeah I just thought it would be a, a great idea to to test out this theory about doing singles like now and and in addition to like really being something I'd wanted to do for a while it also would keep us relevant because every yeah. month you get a new a new new slice of the pie you know Yeah. No, I I think it's it's like you said I th I think it's amazing. I think only the, the albums only work for a couple of giant artists. Like you can do an album if you're Taylor Swift and it will work out. Um, if if you don't like, if you're not Taylor Swift, then six of your songs on your album will just be forgotten and nobody will even look at them. And and but, once again, that's like they, they might be like just going back to what we were saying about super fans and then the general population. Like the super fans are gonna listen. Yeah. Like if it's a good song, they're gonna absorb and love everything you do. Yeah. But like you know, you're you're, you're always trying to grow and, and make more new, more super fans and stuff. So you have to think about those other that other part of it. And I feel like by dropping singles and potentially getting more playlisting opportunities and all that kind of stuff, you just have more reach overall and you have yeah. more of a chance of growing. Yeah, and I th I think hip hop has really done sort of like you were saying. I mean, you know, you you look at some hip hop artists; they definitely do like a never ending drop. I mean, like yeah. it took Young Thug like five years before he actually came out with any sort of album. Actually, I think it might have been longer than that. Are you hip on Griselda? Yeah, yeah. Dude, Griselda is like my favorite thing in hip hop right now. Yeah, and that's like their whole format has just been like 
just consistent singles and each different guy is dropping an mm-hmm. album and so on. And then it all like kind of led to them doing like the debut Griselda record. And yeah. it's just like, I, you know, I think they're kind of at the top of the game and it, it's all from just consistently releasing music and all of it is just fire. Like they have not, not, not like I, there's not been one bad feature, you know, or anything from them. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things too, that like, Sometimes you get lost in the, you know, you get lost in in the trees when you're trying to look at the the forest as the whole picture of the album. Uh, Like, uh, when you get to do one single, you get to focus on that music and that message and then get it out there. And, you know, people get to enjoy it. Whereas when you're trying to package it all as an album, a lot of times you you sort of get worried about how the album's going to look and how's this and that and some of the songs might not do as well. And I think just putting them out there continually, like you said, you get, you know, you, and, and you, you feel the the momentum to make the songs as good as the last one that you put out. You know, you want you want that same feeling each time that you put it out. So I uh, yeah. I really like the idea. I think it's, uh, I think it's a great idea. Well, uh, anything we haven't covered... That you and Bump and Uglies are planning on doing 2021 that you want to tell the audience? I would just say, man, like we've been doing this never ending drop thing, and I, I feel very strongly about every song we've done. But that said, it's like we've been sitting on like the reggae heaters until now because spring's coming here. And like nice. the, next, the next four months or so of mm-hmm. songs that we're going to release are just going to blow people's hair back. Nice. Um, for, for a variety of reasons it's, it's, it's <laughs> definitely more of that like traditional bump and ugly sound and we got some really really strong features and um you know this whole the last month <laughs> i've just been sitting at home i wrote probably uh, over 15 songs in various states of completion over the last month so like i'm already i'm thinking about the next <laughs> the next recording session nice nice well Brandon, we are up against a break, but I want to I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today, man. It's been great. Yeah, I want to just thank you for literally being the most uh, prepared and and this was the best interviewing experience I've ever had. Like this nice. was a really pleasant conversation. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Brandon. I appreciate that. Yeah. Listeners, you can check out all things Bumpin' Uglies at BumpinUglysMusic.com. You can stream them on all streaming services, and you can follow them on Instagram or TikTok at Bumpin' Uglies Music. Right now, let's take a listen to my favorite so far out of the never-ending drop. This is Fear, right here on the Doc G Show. In the cities, propaganda has us bickering amongst ourselves. Well, I believe that black lives matter, but I don't think all cops are. This wasn't sheep in every pasture, need to weed out the predators, exile the masters.
they will split up the ranks Remain resilient, in union there is strength The media's become pushers of dopamine So the revolution's televised through live streams Don't burn down the forest to get rid of the weed Invest in communities, plant more seeds the Doc G Show. Brandon Hardesty and Bumpin' Uglies right there. There you go. There you go, Demarcus. How do you like that? All right. Huh? Oh, huh? Oh. Brandon, you are... Brandon, you you the man, Brandon. You yes. are the man. Correct. 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 He is. And, you know, I, I it was funny. When we were talking in that interview and he said he's a real spiteful guy, if somebody mm-hmm. tells him he can't do something, he's going to try... To do it even harder. As soon as he said that, I was right. like Michael Jordan, like in oh, my yeah. head. That's Def- what I thought, and that's what. Then he brought up the Last Dance, and I was like, "Yes, yes, that's right. exactly what I was thinking, man." Oh the man, man has grit. Like he's a grinder. Like he's I, a hustler, man. Like he is. You, you he get is. done. He is, man. But you know, I mean, Jordan. He's the ultimate spite master, man. I don't think anybody else. Right does anything at that high level of spite that he does like right also right. the corn chowder progresso soup we need to we need to try mm. it out apparently apparently mm-hmm. high praise from brandon so we gotta <laughs> gotta give it a try i've never i have uh, you hey. ever have you ever jumped in the progresso realm have you ever hit that train i, I, I never hit that train before 
I think I've done. Yes. I think I've done just like chicken noodle before mm. on Progressive. Mm. You know, back in my junior mm-hmm. high days. I'm ready to. I am. I'm ready to progress to some kind of wild soup like. Like corn <laughs> chowder. What? Chicken corn chowder? Now you're living dangerously, man. Get out of town. Get out man. of town. Thank you for yeah. being on the show, Brandon. We really appreciate Big it, shout man. Out. Shout uh, out. Okay, Demarcus. Um, again, once again, it's two weeks in a row now that I have not brought a shoe for shoe and tell. I oh, apologize. Man. I know. I know. Stop. I know you fake enthusiasm for it being the best part of the show, but we can't do it. Hey, this week, it so. is the best part of the show, man. It's what everyone's waiting for. Don't don't tell them that because they're going to be depressed. <sighs> they're going to be like, that's the best part. <laughs> this is so much worse than I thought. Anyways, don't worry. It will be back next week. Next week, we will nice. go back. Uh, but for now, we need to go to the last birthday suit. Um, I'm not that confident on this one either. Oh, oh man, I'm I, this one. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you forty-five percent. Forty-five. Jeez. Yeah. Hard times today. Hard I mean, times. it's a music guest, but he really. And I don't want to say this about him because I'll hurt his feelings. But it's really just he's a one-hit wonder a bit right now. He ah. he, he he hasn't came out with another song since this one since this one came out. And this one came out in 2013 when it was first released. So, mm. so, so think back to 2013. I will tell you, dude, in the gym, 2013, this thing played nonstop. Mm. This thing played nonstop. Mm. Um, okay. <laughs> Born on March 17th, 1990 in Bray, Ireland. So an Irish St. Patrick's Day birthday right here. Bray, Ireland, 1990. Birthday suit where his dad was a blues drummer, but he also worked at the bank, and his mom was an artist. Our birthday suit where started writing songs when he was 15 years old. He ended up uh, going to Trinity College in Dublin to study musical education. Was highly involved at Trinity College. He uh, was involved with the orchestra and the choral ensemble. He ended up touring with the ensemble to Norway and the Netherlands. Mm. In 2013, between shows at open mic nights, he wrote the song, Take Me to Church. The song ended up being number two in the U.S., selling millions of copies worldwide, going number one in several countries. He ended up winning a Grammy for that song as well. Since then... He's released one more album called Wasteland Baby in 2019. Name that birthday suit where. Hmm. I can never pronounce his name, but when you said take me to t- church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Is it, uh, What's it start with? Is it uh, an H, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it, is it Hauser? Hooser? Close enough. Is Close enough. Hoser? I think they call it Hosier. Hosier. Yeah, I remember that song. <laughs> That's it, man. Take me to church. Yeah. It's a banger. It's a banger. It got really popular because they had a little remake of it with the the mm. Beats commercial with uh, with uh, LeBron James working out. Right. Everybody wow. everybody picked up on it after that. They were like, "Oh crap! I gotta work out. <laughs> I gotta listen to this jam with my Beats wireless." I'm like LeBron. Yeah. No, you're not. Nope. You're not that in shape. Give it up. You're not like LeBron. <laughs> Okay, uh, but yes, man, he's turning the big three-one. 
three one. Nice. Sweet. No doubt. Happy birthday. It's his last name, by the yeah, way. Yeah, big shout out. Happy birthday, man. Yeah, that's that's his last name. I forget what his first name Boozer, was. Hosier. I didn't Jose. <laughs> yeah. Jose. That's right there. Yeah. Nailed it. Jose. <laughs> <laughs> that's him. He's the Irish Jose. He's probably like, yeah, he's got suck. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. Well, let's be honest. He's not listening. <laughs> Andrew is his first name. So yeah. happy birthday, Andrew. There you go. Big shout out, Andrew. Yeah, shout man, out. I can I can deal with Andrew. I can say that easily. Anyways, uh, Demarcus, it's time. I got to tell you about the great shows. I've got two shows. I am absolutely floored about. Say what? Floored, man. Mm. Next week, super excited about this one. We have got none other than the lead singer of the Dreamers coming on. <laughs> Nick Wold is going to be in the house. Yes. Yes. Nice. This guy, these guys, I'm telling you. Must listen right there. Yeah. Right now, listeners, if you haven't listened to their song, Palm Reader, go out, listen to it. All right. It's got Upsall on it. It's got Big Boy on it. It bangs. That's a fact. It bangs. That's right. Big Boy, the Big Boy from Outcast. Big Boy. That guy. That's right. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. These dudes too. They've toured. They toured with with Stone Temple Pilots. These guys. Jeez. Stone Temple Pilots. These guys were opening for them, man. Nice. Yeah, it's crazy. I got so what? so many things I want to talk to Nick about. It's going to be a fantastic interview. But then the next week after that, we've got another fantastic band, killer band coming out of Dallas area here. The Unlikely Candidates. Say what? Yeah, man. Hmm. Unlikely nice. candidates, great rock band, man. I'm just super excited about mm-hmm. talking to these guys. Glad we finally. I've been trying to get them on the show for a while now, but uh, we finally we finally scheduled them uh, out of Fort Worth, Texas. Can't wait to talk to these guys. Uh, just just dominating. Um, so nice. going to be two fantastic interviews in a row. Can't wait for it. But for now, we need to wrap it up. So. Uh, Until next week, guys, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, DeMarcus Heller. All righty. Peace out, my people. DeMarcus, you you, you you getting dumplings? Is it happening? Hey. You already know what time it is, mm. Doc. I gotta, I gotta load the gut. Gotta get it. Today's a big deadlift day. I gotta, I gotta hit the gym after oh, this. Oh man! Oh, late night gym hitting. Late night gym hitting. Oh yeah. Getting the, <laughs> getting the dumplings. This is a recipe for disaster, people. Watch out! Watch out! Until next it's week. It's going down. Zip it up and zip it out. <laughs> <laughs>